And good morning and welcome to the VSA Capital 5-Minute Morning Miner on Monday the something of March, I'm not quite sure, because as all regular listeners will know, uh, myself, Paul and Ollie, of course, aren't actually in London, we're in Toronto. And this actually isn't live, but it's a pre-recorded 5-Minute Morning Miner. Uh, We're in Toronto because it's PDAC, which is the world's biggest mining conference with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of companies presenting. In fact, they even have various pre-PDAC conferences. Uh, and just to put it into context, there are, I think you'll find, twice as many mining companies listed on the TSX as there are all of the AIM stocks covering every sector, which just shows how big it is uh, for mining on the TSX. And unless you're out here in Canada and understanding it, you really aren't part of the mining scene. But there's a little introduction. This is the 5-Minute Morning Miner, but I have actually two special guests with me today who are just going to chat a little bit about their own company and also what they're seeing at PDAC. So, Neil Herbert, the chairman of Atlantic Lithium, welcome. Good to be here, Andrew. And Amanda Harsas, and I hope I pronounced that right, because it's a Greek name. Welcome to you. Thank you. Yes, you did pronounce it correctly. Very good. So, uh, first of all, uh, and I'll ask both of you this question to give a quick, quick answer. PDAC, I mean, you're listed in London and on the ASX. What are you hoping to get out of PDAC? So, I think one of the things that we're seeing now is an increasing institutional interest in the stock, because obviously we've moved from the PFS, the mining application, the updated MRE, we're now moving through the permitting hurdles, which you hope to include by the end of the year, and indeed up to optimizing the project to the DFS, which we'll achieve mid-year. So what we're finding is a slightly creep into the, the listing of our shareholders is institutional interest. So it's been quite nice. The largest at about 4%, but we've seen a number come through. Obviously, we were featured in the Sunday Times recently, which was quite nice as well. Amanda? Well, similar, and we've had a lot of um, inquiries from North America, from Canada and New York, and um, we came in January and through um, South Africa when we were in Indaba, and lots and lots of interest from North America, so it's actually important to be here face-to-face. I mean, so you have now got to a size, I think it's about $300 million, £250 million sterling. Um, I mean, two questions now, I'll let you choose which one you want to answer each, is firstly... How big can you get? Because this is a world-class asset. All right? And then the second question is, obviously, at that size, you're right, you should start to be having institutional shareholding shareholders. There's a lot of lithium companies out there playing around. And, of course, you have got your Piedmont relationship, which really, really helps. Um, how do you present yourself, though, to compare with all the others? I think I was told there was 100 lithium companies presenting at PDAC or something. How do you put yourself at the top of that list? So one question each, because that was two questions. Okay, fantastic. I'll try the first one, which is how we top of the list. Uh, first of all, we get to production in two years. And if you look at the universe of projects out there, and there's some other very good projects, but what really makes the difference here is we get to, we get to production in two years. The second thing I'd say is we're very fortunate in the nature of the deposit and where it sits in Ghana. So we have great infrastructure and a very simple project to mine and process. And all that's up to a very low OPEX and CAPEX and a very fast payback, which is... Even using a, a conservative lithium price of 1360 which is a fraction of the current price, even though it's fallen, uh, we pay back in 20 weeks. So that's fantastic. And the last thing is, which is really nice about the project as well, and partly benefiting from that simple processing and the fact we have the good infrastructures, we have a very small environmental footprint. Particularly in North America, this is very important with investors and something that's certainly come to the fore. And for me, how big can we get in terms of market cap? Well... Um, back in the um, in middle of uh, last half, we got to, I think, 560 million Australian dollars in one day. Um, and during that same kind of week, we met with a, um, 
um, a broker who basically said when you get to one billion Australian. So I'm not sure what that is, but I'm going to say that I think we're going to get you know pretty high, maybe you know six, seven, eight hundred million US. I've got no idea, but who knows? And I think the, we have the recipe there, Andrew. So first of all, we're moving to the DFS. Obviously, we increased our resource earlier in the year, so that allows us to increase the mine life, but also to increase throughput, which means we can do more production sooner, which obviously is better economics. It's going to be great. We should conclude that around the mid-year. Secondly, we've only worked 2% of our license area. We're continuing to work through that, expect it to grow. We think there's phenomenal potential in Ghana on our license area, and indeed, you know, we're looking at others who have license areas in country, and we think interesting to do some partnerships there as well. I mean, I think that's the key, isn't it? I mean, there's huge expansion of what you've got, which is maybe how you really grow your market cap. And Ghana is a, is a pro-mining country. There's a lot of majors operating there, so you're in the right place. I mean, interesting enough, I also listened to the Piedmont presentation, and I thought what was encouraging there, particularly when they showed the map of where their assets and everything are, I mean, you think, why on earth have they gone to Ghana? It's not where all the rest of their assets are, but, you know, he was very clear that he'd done a lot of DD on a lot of lithium projects and chosen Atlantic Lithium, which is a big tick in the box, really, isn't it? It is very much. I mean, they're a very good partner. I've had a number of JVs over the years. Honestly, I think Piedmont is the best partner I've ever worked with. Uh, they're, they're very involved on the technical side. Obviously, we lead, we operate, but at the same time, they give their input. And to be frank, you know, been very supportive all the way through. How do you find Piedmont, Amanda? Oh, look, ex- excellent working relationship with Piedmont. We kind of, you know, talk weekly with the different parts of the team and, you know, we, um, you know, we get on very well. And, you know, what is good is that we kind of have this joint vision of what a warrior can be. So just, just going back to a slightly more general question, uh, and bear in mind this is the five-minute morning miner, um, there are 100 lithium companies I mean, presenting out here. They can't all get into production, can they? I mean, how do you see the general lithium world evolving? I mean, we're seeing, obviously, this vertical integration with the OEMs coming in, um, but you need big, high-grade assets if you're going to be bought by a car manufacturing company because they don't, you can't blend lithium deposits from different countries all over the place like you can blend oil. It's a very different product, isn't it? How many, I mean, just roughly, will 20% of the mines be successful, 10%, 50%? What would your guess be? My guess is it's probably something like 30%. And the reality is, working in the industry for the last 25 years, you, there are a lot of junior companies working in a mineral at any one point in time. Most of them, frankly, just never make it to production. And 30% would be a very high proportion, frankly, of working in any mineral. Normally, it's much lower. The only reason I would say that is what you can see is high lithium prices. When I say high lithium prices, I mean anything over $2,000 is, frankly, a bonanza price. $1,000 to $2,000 is a good to great price. So it's currently, I think the last time I saw was $4,900. These are just phenomenal pricing, and that will incentivize more mines, and more mines will work at those prices. But the reality is it'll be a relatively small proportion. And Benchmark put these numbers out some time ago, and I always come back to them. 59 new mines required in the next decade. The chances that we get 59 new mines in the next decade when it takes usually 10 years to get a mine to production is is unlikely. So we're going to see a very difficult situation, but the incentive price is there for people to bring the projects forward. 30% 30% is high, and it was a number I didn't mention. Amanda, I'm going to ask you a slightly different, more general question, but you know it's a little bit of a bee in my bonnet. But obviously you guys, I mean, you came actually out of, out of the old Iron Ridge and became Atlantic Lithium, and you spun out Rika into a private company, and then Rika's now got a, a shareholding in, in Firing. I've said that wrong, Firing, pronounce it correctly. 
Um, how does that all sit together? Because you're all a little bit involved with each other. Um, is it all just one sort of friendly party? And just give us a quick no. feel of that. Well, we have different boards in Atlantic and Ricker. Um, and what we have done in Ricker is actually bring on an independent geology, ge- geology team who's actually looking for projects for us. And that team basically bring projects to the Ricker board to review. And that doesn't come through Atlantic, it comes through Ricker. And we then assess whether we're going to take those projects forward or not. And obviously in Atlantic, we are here to bring this um, you know, mine to production. And it is you know, very important. And that's what's going to provide the value for Atlantic Lithium shareholders. Look, clearly Atlantic Lithium is, is a world-class asset. Mm. And that's what we're focused on. But I'm just, I know, because I, I follow social media as well. And I know that you're on social media mm. quite a lot. You actually tweet better than I do. So I'm going to have to get some hints at the end <laughs> of all of this. But there's a lot of followers now of firing, playing the whole sort of game with all the connections. Mm. And I see it on social media. I mean... You obviously get on quite well with them, do you? In fact, Neil, I think you don't. You live next door to the CEO or something. No, my my neighbour is actually another director, and I'm actually on the board of firing. So it's a very incestuous world. So so Neil in Ricker does not have much Uh, to do with the firing. So so maybe I. I get on very well with the firing team, and we spent many, many months together while we did the due diligence to actually do. I was very happy to introduce it, but what I will say is, and as Amanda has explained, we. We've, we've introduced a new team on the exploration side at Ricker, and that team is out there generating new projects. So I think you can see you know, some, uh, some very interesting things happening over the next few months, and I think particularly on early stage lithium projects elsewhere in Africa, I think they'll bring forward some very interesting projects. I, I may be opening an unfair can of worms there, but you know I like to lob in a little bit of a question yeah. for, a, for a bit of fun. Let's, let's just have one final question before we wrap it up, because we've gone well over the five minutes, probably over the ten minutes. Um, you know, one, one each. Neil, you, you've worked for a major uranium company in the past that got taken over for a fantastic price. I mean, is this the same sort of game you're hoping for, that you get taken over for billions of dollars? Uh, whether it's billions of dollars or, or whatever it might be, Andrew, I think the, the reality is is that this is clearly going to be a, state, a, a, a sector with a lot of consolidation coming forward. There are a lot of projects out there which are in one company, individual companies, and what you've increasingly seen this year is some very large deals coming forward. I think as we go into next year and the year after, you'll see big consolidation going on. So yes, some major M&A activity. And so potentially, yes, you know, we might be taken over by somebody else, but we may actually take on somebody else as well. Ooh, exciting like that. So Amanda, we'll take the Australian question for you. Everyone is moving down to Australia to get that listed there. Australia obviously is a great mining territory, as is Canada. Uh, it's definitely picked up the lithium thing. But, I mean, has Australia got enough money down there to fund all the lithium projects of the world? Well, I think it, um, it, it may not have enough money, but it has enough interest through um, Europe and Australia and America to kind of bring the money in. It's definitely a far more knowledgeable market on lithium, especially lithium hard rock projects, but even, even the brines as well. Um, the, the retail investor really understands lithium in Australia, which will kind of brings, brings the money in, I think. Perfect. Neil, Amanda, thank you for the chat. Enjoy the rest of PDAT. I would warn you there's a, a winter storm warning tonight, so maybe stay in your hotel and not venture out too far. But thank you for having a little chat with me. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, thank you.